Hello, and welcome to this episode of What's Wellness Podcast, a place where I discuss the physical, energetic, mental, emotional, and spiritual components of wellness, as well as your healthy relationships with yourself, with one another, and with the planet. I'm your host, Alia, founder of Alia Yoga and Alia Yoga Academy teacher training and mentorship programs. And I'm fascinated by human design. I learned about human design and my specific type about a year ago and learned a lot about myself by diving a little bit deeper into the science, but I'm no expert. So I was eager to connect with someone who is masterful at explaining about human design and its multifaceted approach to unearthing what we likely intuitively already know about ourselves, but bringing these aspects or qualities into the light and up to the surface for a greater understanding of both our personal and professional, albeit unique, lives. I started following today's guest on Instagram, and I deeply resonate with what she shares about human design from a very intuitive and even spiritual standpoint, and I reached out hoping to connect. It was such an honor for me and a joy to interview Erin Claire Jones for today's episode. So much so that today's wise words of the week come from her Instagram page. You can probably tell I'm really excited about today's show and interview. And I want to jump right in because human design is an incredibly intricate and deep subject, and there's a lot of information that we cover. So without further ado, the wise words of the week come from at Erin Claire Jones on Instagram. Erin says, Trust that your body knows more than you can conceive with your mind. Mm, If you know a little bit about me and my story, you likely understand why this quote stands out to me and hits home today because I'm constantly interested in and fascinated by and learning from my sweet little body and the amount of pain that it endures and has endured despite all of the mindfulness and wellness techniques and practices that I incorporate into my daily routines. We talk about human design as it relates to digestion, and I learned something new and exciting about myself and my design in our conversation today. You're in for a real treat, and today's interview portion is coming right after this quick break with a word about Anchor. Welcome once again, and thank you so much for staying tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome. 
Welcome back and thank you all so much for being here today. And this is the conversation portion of today's episode. I am beyond excited to have Erin Claire Jones here today. And Erin Claire is a human design guide and a leadership coach. And she offers a blueprint for how you operate so you can perform at the top of your personal and professional game. And I follow Erin Claire on Instagram. I love what you share online and I'm so eager to connect and learn from you. So welcome to What's Wellness. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. My first question is, what's wellness look and feel like for you today? I think, you know, this is, we're in 2021 now, you know, it's been a really interesting year just being home. I think that practice this past year, the trees and nature, whatever I can, I think that I usually have more access, but I live in Brooklyn and I'm a few blocks away from a big park. So going on walks there in the morning has been such a nice ritual during this time, but I feel like that has been one of the most powerful practices to just stay grounded and well in this time. Nature is so healing. Definitely. So you do human design and I know a little bit about my design, but I'd love for you to share with the audience basic outline of what it is, and then we can go a little bit deeper. Yeah. So human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it really gives you your energetic DNA. So what I mean by that is how you're meant to make decisions, work within teams, cultivate relationships, um, create opportunities for yourself, digest food, all the things. So it really gives us a blueprint to how we're kind of uniquely wired to operate at our best. It is not predictive in any way. It's not going to tell you where you're going to be in 10 years or what career you're going to land in, but it does help you understand how you uniquely thrive so you can find your way there. And there are, you know, billions of configurations. It's called traditionally the science of differentiation because I think it's a reminder to all of us that we're all really different. And the magic comes when we really learn about and honor one another's differences and don't expect each other to be more similar than we naturally are. Wow. Amazing. One thing I really love about what you just shared, especially as it pertains to this podcast, is that I really like to cover the physical, yes, but also the energetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects, components of wellness, as well as our relationship to ourselves, one another, and to the planet. And I really think that human design sheds light on a lot of those qualities or aspects of our makeup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it really gives us like a peek under the hood, you know, I think it like helps us understand a lot of the energetic dynamics that are at play. And like, it's not about honestly telling us stuff we don't know, like often we intuitively know it, but we've never had a language for it. And so I think it allows us to kind of grasp these parts of ourselves that perhaps have not been as conscious before and helps us know how to like leverage them. And also in relationship, it's so interesting because you can start to look at how those energetic dynamics impact each other. You know, what might cause tension in a relationship where there might be harmony, where the triggers might be. And it really, again, just kind of surfaces all the stuff that we haven't really had access to before. And I think gives us tools to work with it in a way that can be so much more intentional. Truly. Absolutely. So there's five human design archetypes, would you call them? Yes. And can you briefly describe the five archetypes? Of course. So 
you know, high level in human design, there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. I will remind people type is just the first piece. There's so much more to it. So just know that it's the first layer, the first distinction. So generators and manifesting generators are the creative doers, the builders, the people that really have the energy and the life force to make things happen. Manifesting generators often thrive having their energy in a lot of things at once. They're kind of multi-passionate by nature, aren't really meant to stick to just one path or do just one thing. And generators are more about mastery. You know, it's really about kind of going deep into something and then when it's time moving on. And both of these types are very magnetic and really are meant to kind of let things come to them and wait for things to inspire a gut response in them before they go after it. Mm. Projectors are our natural leaders, guides, advisors, teachers, not here to be the doers. As projectors, our energy can operate a bit more in ebbs and flows. So the work is to not find our worth in how hard we're working or how much we're doing, but rather in our perspective and how we see the world. Projectors tend to be very naturally sensitive to and attuned to other people's energy, which makes them such excellent guides of others, whether it's as a CEO or therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, the strategy for projectors is about waiting for a sense of recognition and invitation because there's such a unique energy and way of seeing it so important to feel invited in. And like the people that you're sharing it with, whether you're dating or working with them are really kind of ready for you. Um, but no, for the projectors, it's not meant to be a passive thing. You're not meant to like sit on the couch and just wait. Your job is to kind of share yourself in a really authentic, inspired way and make yourself visible so that you can make yourself available for the right invitations. Uh, manifestors are the initiators, the ones that are here to get things started, get the ball rolling. Not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often just to get something off the ground. They tend to really value freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way. They're here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. Mm -hmm. They're often pretty comfortable with solitude and being left alone to do what they please. And their strategy is about initiating, so making the first move, and also about informing. And what I mean by that is keeping the people around them in the loop of their decisions and what they're choosing. And finally, we have reflectors, the rarest type. Um, and these people are really our collective mirrors. They're really sensitive to their physical environment and basically always taking in everything in their space and mirroring it back. So you really get a good sense of how a team is doing or community or company just by how that reflector is showing up. So it's so important for them to be such ruthless curators of who and where they're spending time because they magnify all that energy. Um, so they might as well magnify the good stuff. And mm -hmm. they are naturally fluid. So they're going to have periods where they feel like a projector, a generator, manifesting generator. And their work is to not try to be just one thing or fit themselves into just one box, but really embrace the expansiveness of who they are. Wow. What a masterful <laughs> explanation. That was really incredible. Thank you. Of course. I was trying to keep, I just did one a podcast earlier and I felt like it was lengthy. So I was like, I'm going to really try to shorten it this time. So um, it, it's a pleasure. I talk about this stuff all the time. Great job. So this is one layer of human design. And then there's planetary activations and these centers, channels, gates, all these different aspects and qualities to this it, science, really. Can you go a little bit further into it, an explanation of those aspects as well? Yeah. So there are so many layers. I think that, you know, human design draws from a lot of different systems, from astrology, from the Kabbalah, from the chakra system, from I Ching. 
And, you know, I think that I would say the most important pieces to look at when you're looking at your human design is the type and the strategy, which we just covered. Also your inner authority, which is basically how you're meant to make decisions. So maybe you are meant to trust your gut response in the moment, or perhaps you're meant to sleep on things, or maybe you've got to talk things out. Also, it's really interesting to look at your definition, which is how you best process information. Perhaps you're more independent and like want to be in your own flow, or maybe you're more collaborative and find wholeness through other people. Um, also, when we look at those, when you look up your chart, and I'm sure we'll include a link, but you can look it up at my website at erinclairjones.com slash look up. But when you look at your chart, you'll see that there are centers or geometric shapes that are either colored in or white. Mm -hmm. And those are our energy centers. Those are different functions of our bodies and lives. And so the areas that are white in your design, we call these your open centers, are the areas where you are the most sensitive to other people's energy and where you can most easily get taken off track, but also where you have the greatest capacity to learn and become wise. So that's super help, um, helpful to dig into. Channels are your natural strengths. It's really nice for people to know what they are so they can really leverage them and lean into them. Um, and then there's the profile, which is basically around how you're designed to best manifest your purpose. So honestly, that's like not even all of it. But I, I would say that, you know, human design is kind of an endless science and just well of information. And so I think those in my experience have really been the most actionable pieces to kind of help people connect to and leverage their design immediately. I love it. Will you share with us a little bit from a personal standpoint how you got into this and and yes. maybe even your your type? Of course. So I'm an emotional projector. So I'm a projector, again, meaning that I'm not really here to be the doer, even though I tried so much of my so much of my life to actually do that. And I'm also emotional, which means that I'm not meant to make decisions in the moment, but over time I profile as a six two for those familiar with human design. How I got into it was very serendipitous. Like, I don't think I could have ever anticipated this would be my career path. I don't think I even saw it as a career path, but I um, came from a world of startups. I was very interested in business and entrepreneurship in college and went straight, uh, straight into the startup world and worked for a bunch of companies. And I think that I was, it was so interesting because I felt like they were like amazing people and leaders, but it just felt like people didn't really know how best to function together. And I was kind of always obsessed with the people element and like, how do people work best together? And I just like, I struggled a little bit in those spaces because it felt like it wasn't that intentional or that people were being, weren't being fully leveraged. And I think that on the side of that, I was exploring all sorts of different modalities of my, you know, Reiki certification and my Kundalini and my meditation and my yoga, just for my, like my own personal practice. And I think when I discovered human design, it just landed. I was, I live in New York and I was at a gathering and a guy, stranger, sat next to me and was like, I'd like to look up your human design. Wow. I maybe mentioned this was in 2015 or not, but it was five years ago, six years ago now. And um, I was like, okay, sure. And he looked it up and he started telling me all this stuff that just felt like the most intuitive. And it felt like the stuff I'd never really given myself permission to step into. Mm -hmm. And it was just so impactful. And he actually ended the conversation by being like, and I want to work with you and we should build this together. And he like really observed so much. I think, you know, chemistry in terms of our compatibility, but also just like compatibility with our designs. Mm -hmm. And so he was actually, he'd been studying human design for 10 years. So he was my first teacher and business partner. And so we built a business together for two years, focusing really on bringing human design to workplaces and to business. And then I launched my own practice in 2018. And it's been like a very, I want to say rocky, but like unpredictable journey. I feel like when I first started sharing about human design, people were not ready and it just was not landing. And so it's really required me to just like trust the process and like 
master it as much as I can and know that like when the timing is right, it will hit. And it really wasn't until early 2018 that it just started taking off in a new way. Um, and then just to, you know, close the circle on what I mentioned before, the startups and the mystical things I was exploring. I think human design is this amazing bridge where it comes from a very mystical space in terms of our time and date and place of birth. And it's a channeled system, but the information it gives is so tactical and grounded and actionable. And so I just like, I love that it brought the two worlds together. And, you know, so much of my passion in human design is not only about working with individuals, but also working with teams making this like super accessible to people that would like literally never touch it. You know, I sat with a guy earlier today who's like a CEO never done this stuff. And he's like, this is amazing. I want to see it with my kids and my team. And like, it's just like being able to make it accessible to those kinds of people is really, is just like, has always, always at the back of my mind and, and really why I do what I do. Oh, I have such a big <laughs> smile on my face. What a great story. Oh my God. So weird and serendipitous, right? Absolutely. But it takes a lot of courage and determination and just passion for what you do and, and belief in it. And it sounds like that has all paid off for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that it is so interesting because so much of being a projector is like around feeling recognized, you know, and feeling invited in. And sometimes I'll have clients come to me and they're just like, you know, I don't feel recognized. I don't feel invited in. And I'm like, do you feel like you know what you want to be recognized for? Like, do you feel like you value yourself? Because often by valuing ourselves, that's the thing that makes us available to be valued by other people. And, you know, it was actually just for me, it was such a big lesson because like I wasn't recognized immediately. It wasn't like I started doing human design and everyone was like, you're amazing. I want to hire you. I'm like, nope, that it was really not the case. And I think it required this real self-recognition of like, you know what, there's gold in this. And like, I know that I can be masterful of this system or master the system. So, I mean, human design is not really masterable, but I can become very proficient in it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I just like really had to trust myself even when the outside world was really not confirming any of it. And I was actually very hesitant to start my own practice. I had, I like walked away from it. I was like, I'm done. No one's ready. I can't force it. And it was my romantic partner who's actually now my business partner who, you know, in 20, end of 2017, he's like, you really can't walk away. He's like, you know that you're here to do this. So like, I'm going to build your website. Like I will, I will create the booking link. Just like let people know that this is available. So I think that I actually really did need that boost because I just like, I wasn't totally in trust. And then I remember he like was like, we got to sign you up for like my first talk. And I signed up, I like put myself on the schedule of this building that I was helping open. And like 300 people showed up at the first talk. And he wow. was just like, oh, it was so crazy. It was just so funny. He was like, whoa, <laughs> I think that people really want this. So it's just, it's been such a cool journey but I think a real journey of really kind of believing in myself and trusting mm -hmm. myself which wasn't immediate wow incredible it gives a lot of hope for people myself included who I'm a little bitty guy right now but I have <laughs> so many intentions for making a powerful and positive impact in the lives of others and to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and trusting yeah. myself and and keep moving forward Totally. And just like keep showing up, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and you know, I love that you found me on Instagram. Like I, you know, posted every day for like a year without like much engagement, you know, but it's just like, keep showing up. So I just think that it's really been the, you know, it's just like, you really can't predict the timing of things. And I think that we've got to just like trust ourselves before other people do. So true and powerful. Well, thank you. And I'm curious about, so I have my type. I, I know that I'm a generator based on my birthday and time and all of that. 
What do you say to people who don't know if they necessarily resonate with their type? Yeah. So I love working with skeptics. I'm, I'm not even saying those people are skeptics, but I think that like I really thrive working with people that are just resistant to the system because I think, again, that's, I think that I just like like to make it accessible to them. So I think one thing I'll just say, you know, outright is that like, it's not a belief system. Like my goal is never to convince people of human design or like make them believe in it. I don't think it's really useful in that way. I think the question to ask yourself when you're exploring human design is not like, is this thing true? But just like, is it helpful? Mm. And like, if it's helpful, amazing. If it's not, let it go, you know? And I think that's really the approach I've had to use working in a more corporate spaces of just like, does this add value? Is it helpful in understanding yourself and the people around you? If so, great tool, you know, but like, it's not like you have to convince everyone of it. So I think that's been really useful for me just using that as a frame. I think in terms of people not resonating with it, like I really have pretty rarely had the experience of people not resonating with it. And like the times that I have are like people might be a little bit resistant to an element of their design, but I often find like a couple months later, once they're aware of it, like either their partner will see it in them or like, you know, they'll become aware of it because there are aspects of our design that are like really unconscious and mm -hmm. things that we don't always see in ourselves immediately. So I think often talking through it reveals a lot more. And also like human design is kind of like the wild, wild west right now. Like it's just like a lot of new practitioners are popping up and people are communicating about it in a lot of different ways. And like some, and also a lot of the like old school people, sometimes you know, the founder of human design, like he's, he just communicated about it in a different way. He's no longer alive. So I think that like, I often feel like I also hear people that will be like, I heard this thing. Is this true? Like this felt disempowering. So I also just think it's important for people to um, connect to resources that really resonate with them. And that and make it feel empowering to them and not like a thing that puts them in a box. Like I hear practitioners talk about things about being a projector that like makes me want to throw up. I'm like, that is so awful and disempowering and terrible, you know? Mm. Um, so I think that it's like, it's really, I think you, you have to find the right messenger for it because it's such a powerful system. But I think that as with all things, you know, people are going to, it's going to be communicated through their lens. And sometimes that's not always a super positive one. That's so helpful. Thank you Good. for that explanation. I appreciate that. Did you have that experience of not resonating? Well, yes. And to a certain degree, because I'm a generator and I know that generators make up about 70%. It's a generator and manifesting generator yeah. are the largest type group. Right. And there's a lot to pull apart in there. There are some golden nuggets that I've taken away that are super informative, but there's one thing that stood out from what you said at the very beginning of this interview about how it can even boil down to how you digest food. Yeah. And I'm someone who's very wellness oriented. I have my structure and my routine and However, I have a lot of digestive issues. My mm. listeners, my audience knows I've had surgery. I was a professional athlete. I had to retire early and, and all of these things. And I'm very interested in learning a little bit more about generators and digestion and mm. um, centers that are open or definitions and authorities and things like that. Yeah. I'm curious, could we talk a little bit about my chart? Of course. Yeah. And was there a thing, so just in terms of like what didn't resonate, was it the fact that you were like the majority and it felt that you didn't feel unique or was there a piece of it that felt, which I, and I, I'm not like joking about that. I hear that a lot. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just kind like, of. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and I think that's like that's part of why I always want to remind people. Like, I did a session for a brother today, and I've done sessions for his two other brothers. And he's so funny. He's like, "What are they?" I was like, "They're generators too." He's like, "What? We're all so different." I was like, "You guys are all really different." You know what I mean? Like the fact that you share a type you know, specifically the generator type, it means, yeah, you've got like a lot of creative life force and energy and you're here to kind of build and create and bring things to life. But, you know, that's just like that, that energy piece that's there. And like, I find generators, my partner's a generator, like, so I'm a little bit biased towards them. Like, they're just like the most magnetic people to be around in my experience. Cause they're just like, they've got so much vitality and life force and energy. Mm-hmm. But again, there's just like, it's the first layer. There are so many more pieces that distinguish. Um, so I, I hear you there. And like, I think that's why it's important. I've, I've had people come to like, I'm a generator and boring. I'm like, oh my God, no, you're like the most needed ever. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, validation and and I feel heard and seen so good. thank you <laughs> good so we can use you as an example when we talk about some of the open centers just to give you guys a taste so again the open centers are where we are the most open and sensitive to other people's energy and as I mentioned before I think like you know they're both the areas that can take us really off track but also like that make us super wise and like where we're really here to learn. And so an example of that would be you have an open emotional center. And it basically means that you're probably a very natural empath. You're really highly sensitive to and tuned into other people's emotions. Um, But the shadow expression of that is like total overwhelm, like just like getting lost in stuff that's not yours, not having strong boundaries, not even knowing what's yours and what's not like perhaps not always speaking your truth, like getting nervous about confrontation because like you're going to feel all this stuff. So maybe you just avoid feeling it entirely. And and the wisdom for you, the lesson for you is cultivating this healthy detachment where you can like witness where people are without taking it on as your own. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can actually be such amazing guide for other people and helping them connect to their emotions and feeling what they're feeling before they even do, as long as you really have that awareness that it's not your own. You know, and so, and you're also really here to confront, you know, to not avoid confrontation. But I, I think one of the biggest tools for the center is just, is, is space. You know, like when you're really feeling a lot, whether it's in a room or with a person, like even just going for a walk, going to the bathroom, like coming back into your own space can be a powerful way to really connect to your own neutrality. And I just want to give you a quick example, and then I would love to hear your perspective on that and whether it resonates. Like, we all have areas in which we are open where we take in other people's energy and we have areas in which we're defined where we project out our energy. So like my partner, similar to you is super empathic, takes in and is really sensitive to other people's emotions. My emotional center is defined, meaning that I project out my emotions and I set the emotional tone of my space. I mean, like if I feel great, he feels great. If I don't, he's really going to feel it too. So mm. it's been such a powerful dynamic to understand in relationship and like with that open center, like if I'm in a low, it's actually really good for him to like take space. So that he like doesn't take it on his own or, you know, take it personally or try to make sense of it. It's like, hello, like, see you later. You know, I'm going to go move through my own thing. So I think it can be really useful in relationship to understand where you might be impacting other people with your energy. So with all that said, do you feel that sensitivity? Definitely. Especially from the sense of I get overwhelmed pretty easily And as a yoga meditation instructor, I often, when I was teaching in person, I used to try and give hands-on adjustments to everyone at least one time. And I had a fellow instructor who mirrored to me this uh, really beautiful insight that because I am an empath and I do pick up on other people's emotions, she said, maybe you should try not touching everyone because you're picking up all of their energy and you yeah. go home and you feel like not good. And it, yeah. it's true. 
Yeah. It's going to be so important for you, especially to just have practices to help you release all the stuff that's not yours. You know, and again, it's such a gift. Like these things all have like a double-edged sword in some ways where it's like, it can be really overwhelming, but it's because you're here to be super wise about how emotions are impacting you and other people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have so many friends and clients that have this that are like writing books on emotional intelligence, you know, because like that's where they're here to learn. Wow. Yeah. So do you set, set, feel like you ever avoid confrontation or do you feel like you're pretty good at? As I've gotten older, I think the people who are close to me know that if I stand up for myself about something, if I speak up, like it's really important to me, I will generally just go with the flow and avoid confrontation, just kind of be the peacemaker, unless it's something that's really, really important. And then I put on my big girl pants and strap on the courage and and I will speak up for myself. Yeah. And it's a lesson. It's not always easy, you know? Um, one other one that I want to share with you just to kind of give you a taste of the open centers and then we can go to the digestion piece to give people a taste of that mm-hmm. only because one of your open centers is one that is, um, much more rare, which is the open throat center. Mm. And when the areas are open, it's, it's kind of where we're meant to be more fluid. So because you have an open throat center, you have the tendency to kind of be able to speak lots of different voices, like speaking from your intuition or your emotions or your mind, like whatever is called for in the moment the shadow of the center is not really trusting that attention will come your way. So it's like feeling need to like say something so that you're seen and like people see you and they recognize you. And maybe it's like blurting things out or maybe it's like trying to plan what you're going to say and then be like super surprised about like what actually plops out of your mouth, you know? <laughs> and so, so much of the wisdom of the center for you is actually in giving your attention to other people and waiting for the right moment to share, mm-hmm. you know, and actually waiting to be invited in. Like you thrive when you're invited in the share and then you can have such impact with your words and you're not really here to plan what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes these people, like if you plan what you're going to say, it can like just be so disconnected from what actually comes out. And like, you've actually got such an ability. I'm sure yoga allows you to tap into this, like such an ability to tune into exactly what needs to be said in that moment. That definitely resonates for me. And especially true because as a young person, I definitely felt unseen, unheard, relatively invisible. So I think communication is really important, but knowing when to communicate, I think is perhaps the pearl of wisdom in that. Yeah. And just like, yeah. And and just trusting that, you know, it's like when it's the right time, my words are going to be so impactful. So let me make sure that like I wait for the right moment. Love it. Um, so, and there's obviously more, but that I think gives people a taste. But when we talk about digestion, you know, digestion is so interesting. I, I will first piece that I recommend people diving into because I think that the more we're aligned with our design, often the more these things resonate um, and the more impactful they are, you know? So often we kind of like start to dial on those key pieces and this stuff becomes even more impactful. But I would say with your digestion specifically, you're, you're what we call a consistent digester. And it basically just mean that like, means that you're, you need fuel and you need consistent fuel. And so I don't know whether you'd fat, whether you fast or what your practices are, but according to your design, you know, it's actually really good to eat a little bit more consistently. Like if you're going to have like a meeting or teach a class in the morning or whatever, like, you know, eating when you wake up, like just like keeping your brain fueled really allows you to operate optimally. Whereas there are some people that are very much like in the flow fast when they want, but for you, it's like your brain kind of needs that fuel. Mm-hmm. Is that what you do or are you the opposite? It's what I do now, definitely. I still have – my challenge is pain. 
but I do notice that if I eat more consistently, at least my energy is sustained. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it just keeps you operating in a way that I think you can just be better at what you do, you know, and it just keeps your brain functioning well. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to play with. You know, I think that my partner and I are opposite in this way. He's like a more consistent eater and I'm like more of just like a in the flow, generally not hungry till later in the day. And so it's been funny just having that like confirmation because I'm always like, should I do what he's doing? You know, like, or right. should I do this? Um, and it's actually so interesting. So we all have like kind of a deeper layer and your digestion is actually all around the acoustics of the space that you're eating in. Like you're really sensitive, at least according to your design, to sound. Meaning that like if you're eating in a restaurant and you like don't like the voice of somebody who's there or you don't like the music or whatever, like it's actually a little bit harder for your body to process. And so for you to like be able to put on music that you like or like have a conversation that you love, like is actually so supportive to your digestive process. And wow. it's actually a little bit harder to like have super like serious conversations when you eat, like kind of keeping it lighter and more fun, like all those things um, is actually really healthy for you. So I should turn off the news when I'm eating dinner? <laughs> I mean, if you feel like it's really supportive, you know, I think that like it is, it's more things that you really enjoy. Like, and it's yeah. not obviously that you shouldn't listen to the news or that you shouldn't have serious conversations, but like sometimes like doing that in tandem with eating is sometimes a little bit more challenging. Absolutely. That yeah. makes sense. I've noticed with all the work I do around my digestion that it really is so tied into my nervous system, which is yeah. very sensitive. Because I've also been through trauma, I have a nervous system that's upregulated and I have to do a lot of practices to downregulate. And so it makes sense to be in a more soothing, acoustic environment while I'm eating just to help put my system in that place of rest and digest. 100%. 100%. And then we also all have kind of strongest senses, which is more around our, you know, whether it's smell or touch. And for you, it's actually all around taste, which just means that there's like so much insight you get by how things taste. So it's really important to like eat food that tastes good, you know, like if you are dating someone, you want to like, it to feel taste good when you're kissing them, you know, like you just want things to like taste good. And so just really like treating that as a pretty serious thing. Like, you know what? I really don't like the taste of this. Like, so I'm going to let it go. Or like, if I really do like the taste, I'll do more of that. That's funny. Yeah. And, and it's weird. You know, it's so much <laughs> in human design that's like so strange and so funny. But I think the taste thing, that piece is a really interesting aspect of our design because I find the more we practice our design or the more we align with it, the stronger that kind of cognition or the stronger that awareness becomes. So where do you see things like that, looking at a chart like mine to, to know about taste or acoustics? Yeah. So the first, well, that piece people are not going to see. So what they will see is if you look at the chart and you look it up, you'll see that there are four arrows kind of surrounding the top of that chart. And the very top left arrow speaks to digestion. And if it's facing left, which it is for you, that's for the people that are like more around eating more consistently, keeping your brain fueled, like before you have a meeting, all those things, just because like your, your brain moves fast and needs fuel, where if it's facing right, you might find that fasting is more natural. It's really kind of eating in the flow. There's a deeper layer of our design, which is around kind of color and tone, which you can't actually see when you look up your chart online. Um, because it's like you look up your chart online and it already looks super complicated, but there's actually so many more layers that aren't even there, wow. you know? So I look it up. I use a professional software. There are, there's a site called genetic matrix online where you can look it up for free, but it's honestly pretty clunky and not super easy. 
But yeah, there are just, I mean, it's endless. There's just so many, so many layers to be discovered there. Amazing. Yeah. I would love to talk for hours with you. I mean, I could just go geek out on this all day long, but I, I want to I be do. <laughs> respectful of your time and appreciative of everything of that you've shared with us today. Can you let everyone know how they can get in touch with you about your flow and all the information for people to, to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. My website is erinclairjones.com. My website, my Instagram is Erin Claire Jones. Um, so in terms of offerings or ways to dive deeper, I share a lot on Instagram, um, a lot of just like free, pretty in-depth content there. Um, I offer something called the blueprint, which is a really nice place to get started. And that is a 30 plus page PDF on your unique design that I make each of them. And it really kind of walks you through all the key pieces. So we're doing a discount for your audience. So the discount code will be what's wellness. Um, I also offer a workshop called flow and the next one is January 22nd and this is coming up before that. Yes. Cool. Okay. So I'm doing a three hour deep dive with an intimate group where we kind of really explore those centers that we talked about the open and colored in ones and how to use them to move out of resistance and into flow in our lives. And that's going to be great. And that should be on my website or you can find it on my Instagram. And then I also offer private sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions, all that kind of stuff. I love it. In looking at the chart that I'm able to view, I see the open centers. I see the ones yeah. colored in. There's two that are red and one that is brown and one that is yellow. The yes. different colors mean something? Nope. No. All, which is so weird. You like yeah. really expect that they would. Like basically when you look at that chart, you will either have centers that are colored in or centers that are white. And that's the distinction that matters. Like the center that you have brown, anyone who has that center colored in will have that brown. Okay, cool. Yeah. So will you also, I know you shared the link before. I'd like to link it in the show notes where people can just look up their human design. Yeah. Yes, and so the website, we'll put it in the show notes, but the mm -hmm. link is erinclairjones.com slash lookup. Perfect. So my last question for you today is, what's something that you feel grateful for right now? Um, well, I feel grateful for my partner. Um, you know, you were so sweet to congratulate me early on in the call because my partner and I got engaged on Christmas and it's been such a weird year I think for a lot of people and we had a challenging December and I think it was really nice to have this just like moment of like celebration for us and the people that we love um so I feel really grateful to have like <laughs> been in the same space with him for a long time and somehow only seem to love him more so I feel really grateful for that partnership right now yay, yay. congratulations Thank you. I just have had a perma smile this whole conversation. Oh, I'm so Your glad. energy shines through. You're just a delight. And I'm really appreciative for your time today. Oh, my God. Such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Wow. I was blown away by Erin's mastery of the science and ability to explain and express the types and qualities with such clarity in a way that was easy to understand and integrate into our lives today. Isn't Erin a wealth of knowledge about human design and such a great speaker as well? 
I love to share light on topics that I've discovered and have an interest in and questions about because I believe in universal consciousness and that by learning and growing and healing myself, the same shifts and evolution can take place on a universal scale. That being said, I did a little bit more research on my own chart and also the different types. And it's so interesting because I resonate more with the projector type because my energy tends to operate in more of an ebb and flow rather than a consistent and constant source of energy. I also feel very sensitive to other people's energies and feel like I wait for invitation to share more about myself on a deeper or vulnerable level. Waiting for the right time with the right individuals, with a safe environment and an invitation to share, that's always been my MO, especially when it comes to the deeper rooted stuff that I've been through. I also resonate with the feeling of being sensitive to my physical environment and magnifying energy or feeling energy magnified, which is a trait of the reflector type. So it's interesting to think about, but also my birth date and location are obviously easy to look up and they're fixed, but When I questioned my mom about my birth time, she wasn't sure if it was exact at 12.45 p.m. or not. And I was curious because I've always wondered if the birth time my mom gave me was a guesstimate or what, if that would change the entire chart if it was a different time, especially since I was born via a C-section. Anyway, please make sure to look up your unique human design chart and check out Erin's website where you can use discount code WHATSWELLNESS for a discount off your custom blueprint. Once you look up your chart, definitely give Erin a follow on Instagram or do that before you look up your chart as she shares daily about human design for each of the five types. Erin was such a gracious and kind guest, and I'm so grateful to be connected with her now. As always, links to get in touch with Erin or myself, as well as other pertinent information, including the discount code and links, are available for easy navigation in the show notes below. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or feedback, or if you need support in any way, please reach out. My email is alia at aliayoga.com, spelled A-H-L-I-A. If something stood out to you from today's episode, do us a huge favor. Take a screenshot. Share it on your social media. Tag at Erin Claire Jones at Alia Yoga, and at What's Wellness Podcast on Instagram, and we'll be sure to reshare. If you're local to the San Diego or North County coastal area and interested in joining the next in-person small group outdoor vinyasa yoga flow, it's happening on Sunday, January 17th. 
please send me a message as this class requires pre-registration. However, it's accessible for all levels. I also offer a weekly online live virtual vinyasa yoga class called Sunshine Yoga with Alia. It's held every Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Zoom and on my Facebook group also called Sunshine Yoga with Alia. For those tuning in right now who come to those classes, you have such a special place in my heart, and I'm sending you a huge hug of gratitude right now. If I can ask another huge favor, please subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. Help to spread the word about what's wellness and help us grow. Leave a review in the iTunes podcast store so that I can bring back the warm words of the week and read your review on air. And I'll also offer you a free full-length yoga class video from my website as my way of saying thanks. If you enjoy online yoga classes, home workouts, as well as guided meditations, and for more about what I offer, check out my website, which is aliayoga.com. There's a shop on the site with CBD pain relief roll-on gel and tinctures for sale, as well as sole water kits, essential oil roll-ons, and tons of full-length yoga class videos for unlimited use for a one-time $15 purchase. Thank you once again for tuning in to What's Wellness today, and thank you, Erin Claire Jones, for being on the show. I'll be back next week on Thursday for a brand new episode for you. And until next time, be well.